Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, what's happening today? What's up, Mark and Mark? How you doing? Can't complain. Recording this on Wednesday morning, and on today's show, we will discuss players deciding to opt out in 2020 because of concerns related to the coronavirus pandemic. But first, I'm excited to welcome in today's guest, and he provides Pittsburgh Steelers coverage for Sports Illustrated. Donnie Druin, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Y'all do phenomenal work. I'm fans of both of you guys for various reasons. I mean, I'm I'm healthy. I mean, I'm covering one of the best franchises in pro football, and I I can't complain, man. Hey, Don, I see you got a whole bench right back there. What, you just got off the bench? Man, I, I I was just talking before the show. I, I promise you that that's not my max right there. I, I could do a little bit more than just a bar, bro. I mean, you look like you can do more than that. I was just wondering. Yeah, that uh, bench back there, for real. Flexing. Hey, I, I, I got a kettlebell over here, too. I'm chilling. Okay, okay. For the listeners, Donnie's got a bench press behind him while we record today's show. He's got the Olympic bar back there. He's ready to go. And so... I just want to start out, Donnie, headed into training camp. Players reported yesterday they're now reporting to Heinz Field, not in Latrobe, for this season because of the pandemic. I just want to ask you, what do you see as the biggest storyline as the Steelers report to training camp this week? Oh, man, I think everything starts and ends with Big Ben Roethlisberger and his health, man. You know, uh, we saw a 2019 Steelers team that nearly made the playoffs with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges throwing the ball. Uh, you know, the Steelers, as of right now, have probably the best defense in the NFL. They got playmakers at every position. They got depth at every position. And now you look at the offensive side of the ball. They just added Eric Ebron in the offseason. Uh, they had a fullback, Derek Watt, in the offseason. I mean, they got a returning Juju to Matsushir. They got Deontay Johnson, who, in my opinion, is about to blow the lid off the top of the league. Uh, you know, they got other options, James Washington, Chase Claypool. You got the running back stable, James Conner. Uh, just drafted Anthony McFarlane. You know, you still got Benny Snell and Jamie Tiembles back there. The, the talent's all there. You know, they, they still have one of the best lines in offensive football, you know, in my opinion. The talent's all there for Ben. It's just a matter of is he going to come back healthy and is he going to remain healthy? And, Ike, that's something we talk about a lot from the defensive standpoint, too, is you always say this. At each position group, there are dogs at each level of the defense, whether that's the defensive line, linebacking core, defensive backfield. I want to parlay what Donnie just said is not just the return of Ben Roethlisberger, but what about the return of Stefan to it as well from a defensive standpoint? That's going to be huge for the Steelers as well, headed into the 2020 season. Second round draft pick coming out of Notre Dame. High expectations have lived to what Pittsburgh has expected, but it's just injuries with him too. You know, so it's like if Tua can stay healthy for a year or two, man, you can only imagine how that Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to do. But don't forget, man, you got Big Dan. Big Dan, my D-tackle from Tennessee. I've always been a fan of Big Dan. We'll see what he can do because they signed an extension for Big Dan, I think, two years ago at that defensive line, Dan McCullough. Two years ago at that defensive line coming out of Tennessee. And if everybody knows, Big Dan, like six, eight, almost 400 pounds, but it's a solid 400 pounds. Like this is, he's a real live Sasquatch. That's Big Dan. So, I mean, it actually got depth on that defensive line to it coming back. Of course, it's going to be a bonus. You saw what Cam did. Pittsburgh still is they have the most first rounders on that defense than any other team in the NFL. So they came 
together of late last year. If you throw in Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, talking about Pittsburgh Steelers giving up a first-round draft pick, there go your first-round draft pick for the 2020 season. So the boys know what they're doing. You know, that front office, that move they made to get Minka was unusual. They usually don't do that. But, you know, they must have saw him. They must have liked him since he was at Alabama. And it all worked out in that scenario. But I agree. Pittsburgh has one of the best talented teams in the NFL. It's all on seven. You know, seven Big Ben got to stay healthy. Big Ben stay healthy, I can see Pittsburgh going to the Super Bowl. Well, because of the talent they have on defense and because of the core receivers, because of the two tight ends, and because of the depth at that running back position. And he got a top five offense. You know, this is going on Ben's 17th year in the league. So this is pretty much his offense, to be exact. You know, I, co- I know Coach Randy, he's the OC. But at the same time, he gives Big Ben a lot of leeway. So we'll see what happens. You mentioned the trade for Fitzpatrick a year ago. How good does that deal look now considering the haul that Seattle had to give up for Jamal Adams? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that deal looks like the Steelers got Minka at Kmart compared to giving, you know, two first-round picks and giving a third-round pick. You're talking about two day-one picks and a day-two pick. And, yeah, sure, you know, they also gave away – with a starting caliber safety in the NFL. And, you know, they basically got a fourth-round pick and Jamal Adams back. But, I mean, you got Mika Fitzpatrick on a rookie deal for probably at least two more years. And, you know, I, I think now when Jamal Adams out of the AFC, we can definitively say that Mika's probably the best safety in the conference. I'm going to go back to something Ike said earlier about the stable of running backs. James Connors in a contract season in 2020. They drafted Anthony McFarland out of Maryland in the backfield. Benny Snell Jr. is going to be in his second year. The Steelers just signed former Eagles and Redskins running back Wendell Smallwood to a one-year deal. What does this stable of running back mean in your eyes, Donnie, for James Conner's future with the Steelers? Man, we'll see. Uh, James Conner just came out and said, I believe yesterday, they, yesterday, sorry, that he was going to play uh, you know, in 2020 amid all the coronavirus things. That was a little bit of worry. I think that that's might be one of the reasons why the team signed Wendell Smallwood because, uh, you know, you might see some players opt out and they just want to have that talent at the running back position just in case. Uh, for James Conner's future, it, it, it doesn't look all that great. I, I think he's in a position where he can either ball out and kind of price himself out of Pittsburgh's range or let's say he doesn't have all that great of a season, Pittsburgh might not be inclined to keep him given they do have a young stable of Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, like you said, they just drafted. Uh, he's in a precarious position. I mean, he looks phenomenal. I mean, we all saw that picture of his jacked back. Uh, so, you know, him staying healthy, you know, he looks great, uh, but it's just a matter of him being able to stay on the field because when he is on the field, I, he's one of the best running backs, you know, in, in the division in the conference. We've seen what he can do. So, you know, it, James Conner, a beast, and it, it's up to him to secure that payday, whether it's with Pittsburgh or another team past 2020. Ike, that's something we say all the time, too, is the best ability is availability. So it's can Conner stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? Because when he's done that, we've seen him produce. Donnie, do you think that running back stable, is that the position group you have your eyes on as this team heads into training camp, or is there another position group battle that you're looking at that you think is more intriguing? 
We'll see. I, I had a couple circled. I think replacing Javon Hargrave is going to be a little bit of a challenge for the Steelers. I, I think Hargrave is one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the league. That boy's a man in the trenches. And what, what he was able to do for Pittsburgh didn't always show up on the stat sheet, but his ability to cover two gaps and his ability to get constant pressure on the quarterback, it is something that Pittsburgh's going to try to replace. Um, they have Isaiah Bug, second-year lineman out of Alabama. I reference, you know, they might have gotten – and, you know, secured Minka just because he's an Alabama boy because, you know, Nick Saban turns out pro players left and right. So, you know, the Bugs might be just next in line for that. They went and traded for Chris Wormley in the offseason, even though, in my opinion, he's more of a defensive end. I think he might be just a little bit too small in the trenches to play that defensive tackle role for the Steelers. But, I mean, like Kevin Colbert said in the offseason, you know, you're not seeing teams play more traditional 3-4 base defenses anymore they're playing a lot of sub packages where they would have two and hayward inside and then dupree and waddle on the outside so i mean hargrave i believe only played about 60 percent of the snaps going back in 2019 while that is a lot i'm sure the steelers will find a way to kind of go and you know find the position and find the players to kind of substitute that going into 2020 I would say the position to watch would be the right tackle spot because we're seeing a Matt Filer move from right tackle to left guard, and that kind of opens up a competition between Zach Banner and Chukwama Okor. Um, Banner looked phenomenal in 2019 in terms of his play, and it looks like the Steelers are confident enough in either Banner or Okor for, uh, to take starting position in 2020 moving forward. Now, Ike, is that something that you also noticed with the Steelers' defense and that they're playing – different kinds of defensive fronts that it varies more so than back when you played? No, I, I kind of think the fronts are the same. I think the guys are a little bit more athletic now than it was back in the day. You know, for us, it was stout. Stout meaning you got to stop the run first. That's always been the mindset. And regardless on the word hybrid people want to use as in the defense, by the end of the day, you got to have a front that can stop the run. You know, you stop the run, you stop the belief. You stop the belief, you stop the play too fast. You start the play action pass, you stop teams from controlling the clock. But that all boils down to the run, you know. So it's just predicated on what's the character of your team, I want to say. You know, if you want to look at the, the New Orleans Saints, you know, they're not really worrying about the run. They're going to wind up getting pass rushes because they already know they're going to be ahead of most teams. You know, if you look at – even if you look at the KC – KC already know, man, they, they got a lot of pass rushers that's come through because they know Patrick Mahomes and company going to put on points. So, of course, teams going to be coming behind. But if you do look, the last two games they did win, and I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, the last two games they won, they won off of coming back off a of pass. Now, these teams who was leading against KC, they was running the ball on them well. You know what I'm saying? So, by the end of the day, turnovers are great. Turnovers give – either points that defense scores on and it gives the offense another possession. By, by the end of the day, if you don't stop the run, you ain't winning no football games. And you saw that in the playoffs the whole time in the playoffs. If you can run the ball in the playoffs, pass rushers can only do so much. You know, you got a lot of pro bowl pass rushers during the regular season. You can't find them during the playoffs. But I think they got a stout defense so far. I really do believe Dan McCullough should play. I don't know what's the holdup over there. I, I've seen and I've been with him since he was a rookie in his second year. So time will tell. You know, a lot of a lot of GMs just like to look right. But instead of looking right, man, I'm trying to find the best guy at that position at that particular moment. So 
we'll see. Um, losing Hargraves is a big hit, but I also think, you know, they got a lot of other guys that can step in. What I do like and what I did read, Jerry Dulac had posted a couple of days ago was putting Vince Williams back in the lineup. You know, I thought Pittsburgh got out of pocket by going outside of what they drafted and got Mark Barron, and they kind of left Vince out. Now, what Vince is, he's the – he, he is the leader of that defense. He is the attitude of that defense, you know, and to have a young Devin Bush and to ask him to do so much as a rookie between lining guys up, understanding what the offense is trying to do, down the distance, formations, that was a lot. Now you get a Pittsburgh Steeler. Like Vince Williams is a throwback Pittsburgh Steeler, old school, and you put him with a new school Pittsburgh Steeler, Devin Bush, and now you got something going. So I look at that two trio in the inside linebacker, I look at them like a Lawrence Timmons and the James Ferrier, you know, so and that's what you gotta do. And sometimes I think Pittsburgh get too cute in their decision makers are always wanting to be right all the time instead of just putting that you know the guy who can win. He's a football player. You know what I'm saying? So and that's what I've always been taught coming from Pittsburgh, is he a stiller. And if you have any doubt on who you bringing in that he's not a stiller, he shouldn't be the point blank period. So they got a good mix, man. They got a hell of a team. I like it from the top to the bottom. We'll see what happens this year, Mark and uh, D. This is a Steelers defense, too, that has three players in the NFL Network's top 100 list. Now, this is voted on by players. Ike, we've been saying this for a while now. TJ Watt at number 25, the 25th best player overall in the league, is now ranked ahead of his brother, J.J. Watt. So why is this? We said this earlier, and we say this all the time. The best ability is availability. J.J. Watts only played in 16 games once over the course of the last four seasons. And so Watts at 25, Minka Fitzpatrick at 35, and Cam Hayward at 84. Donnie, I want to go back to you. Are we sure that these are the only three Steelers that deserve to be in this top 100 list? Do you think that there was anyone missing? Well, I mean, I'm sure I can attest to this, but Joe Hayden balled out last year. Steve Nelson balled out last year. Bud Debris balled out last year. You know, uh, there's 32 teams in the league. There's only 100 spots. Uh, You know, so, you know, sure enough, some players are going to miss that list. Uh, But, man, if if you're giving me another Steeler to put in there, I I think it's a toss-up between Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. I might give the edge to Steven Nelson. You know, as good as Joe Hayden did play last year, Steven Nelson came in from Kansas City and just balled out. I said it whenever he came to Pittsburgh, he chose number 22. And I'm like, okay, that's big play, really gay's number. You know, you're going to choose 22 with ball out like him. And he did. You know, he, he proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong. So I think Steve Nelson, you know, should have been in the top 100. Uh, the fact that TJ Watt was 25 and a guy like Joey Bosa, no disrespect to him because he just secured the bag yesterday too, uh, which kind of sets the precedent for TJ's deal. Uh, but Bosa being at number 18 and Watt being at 25 was, was, you know, a little bit confusing. But, you know, I, I'm sure these players don't have all the time in the world to watch the film. You know, I'm sure a little bit of it might be a popularity contest. But, you know, these are the players' rankings. They, you know, they know the game a little bit better than I would like to think of the average viewer at home does. But, yeah, no, three, three Steelers. I, I think Cam was, you know, a little bit low at 84. And it was funny how they were talking about Quentin Nelson yesterday and how he's one of the best guards in the league. Cam manhandled him whenever the Steelers and the Colts played. So I, I just thought that was funny to see. It kind of got me upset because Pittsburgh Steelers, instead of putting, you know, Joe Hayden or Nelson, not no disrespect to them, but you got two offensive linemen that have some dogs yeah. on the offensive side. 
You know what I'm saying? You got Pouncey and the Castro. So you got Pouncey and the Castro. There is no way, man. You take Pouncey and the Castro off that offensive line, man. That offensive line gonna be little to hell. You know what I'm saying? So, and we can't act like them boys haven't been balling since they stepped into the league. Of course, we already know Pouncey is going to be a Hall of Famer. Period. Castro, if he stay healthy, he gonna wind up going that same route. So, how do you not? And I think we just overlook because we get so caught up into. You know, the guys on the outside, not the guys in the trenches. They got two guys in the trenches between the Castro and Pouncey that should have made that list. Ike, I think that's a great point because you're talking about a Steelers team that went 500 a year ago and they didn't score more than 27 in a single game last season. Okay. Why is that? Big Ben goes down. James Conner had injury issues. Juju Smith Schuster had injury issues. Pouncey got suspended after the Miles Garrett brawl. So this was an offense that was in flux. Mason Rudolph performs kind of mediocre last season. Devlin Hodges was an undrafted rookie, so we can't pretend that he was expected to play. A team that traded Josh Dobbs to the Jaguars. So we know that this team struggled from an offensive standpoint. Bringing Ben Roethlisberger back from injury, bringing in Derek Watt, bringing in Eric Ebron, Chase Claypool. This, there's no way that this offense is worse than it was a season ago. Zero chance of that. And so you're exactly right when you say that just because of all of those reasons. Yeah, I mean, Deontay, Claypool, Juju. I mean, if you look at Deontay, man, Deontay looking like Hollywood Brown with the Ravens. You know what I'm saying? just didn't get that exposure. Now, if you watch the man over the course of the season, man, Deontay acted, he cut up, as they say in New Orleans. And what I mean by cutting up, that means he had he was balling out. He was cutting up last year on that field, you know? So that's what you got to look. Then you got Claypool, a young star receiver. He's built for the cold weather. That's what people don't understand. Like Pittsburgh draft guys at certain positions for the cold weather. Just think about Plexico. He was at Michigan State. Just think about Santonio Holmes, who was at Ohio State. So them guys used to playing in that November, December, January, February football on the outside, which is hard for a lot of people. Antonio Brown played at Central Michigan. So it's a lot of input that Pittsburgh still is doing to who they draft. Devin Bush played at Michigan. So that's just how it is. But at the same time, you look at the offense alignment between here and there, most of them guys played in cold weather except for Pouncey and company. But, man, they, they, they know what they're doing. They always have a philosophy behind their draft picks. But I don't see Pittsburgh not making the Super Bowl. Like, I'm a strong believer Pittsburgh will be in the Super Bowl this year. The point about Chase Claypool as well, are we sure he wouldn't have been a higher draft pick if not for the receiver depth in this year's draft? And, Ike, we've talked about this on the show before, too. When the Steelers draft receivers, they don't miss. They miss on corners. I do say that. Pittsburgh, they, they miss on corners of late. They don't miss on linebackers. They don't miss on offensive linemen. They don't miss on D-linemen. It's off and on with the running back position. But Mark and D, receivers, them boys don't never miss. Oh, I don't know what it is about Pittsburgh and drafting receivers. They find some way, somehow, to get them some hell of receivers, and that's what they do well consistently. And I, I feel like it's always the you know expected pick too. I mean, we, we go back to last year, 2019 draft. I, I'm sitting there covering the draft, and then I see Deontay Johnson's name come across the ticket in the third round. I had no idea Deontay was going to go there. 
nobody else had any idea Deontay was going to go there. And so we're all kind of like surprised because there was still like a lot of solid receiving talent left. And then you put on the tape, you start watching them, and you're like, okay, you know, they just lost Antonio Brown. This man does a lot of what Antonio Brown does. He looks very similar to what he does. And obviously Deontay had a phenomenal season last year, so that looks like it's going to pan out. This year, same thing, sitting at 49. I was so sure they were going J.K. Dobbins, running back from Ohio State. I started writing my article right away. I'm like, they're going Dobbins. And Claypool pops up on the ticker, and I'm like, you know what? Phenomenal. They 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 got a potential replacement for Juju should he walk this year. Uh, like Ike said, he, he's built for the cold weather. He's a big boundary guy. He's a red zone threat. He'll go up and get it. He, he's a bully, you know. Um, and, you know, to both your guys' point, we, we should never question, at least at the receiver position, what it is. And, you know, hopefully uh, Coach Daryl Drake, may he rest in peace, had a really big say in dra- drafting Deontay Johnson. And, yeah, I, I just think there's something there that, you know, people shouldn't question in terms of getting receivers. want to change gears here a little bit. And this comes with news that several players on the New England Patriots – and really throughout the league have opted out of playing because of concerns related to the coronavirus pandemic. Ike, this was a question I wanted to ask you today, just with news as more and more players decide to do what's best for their future. Ike, if you were still in the league, would you decide to play this upcoming season? Yeah, I'm playing. And the, and the reason why I'm playing because, you know, my son, he's 13. The only person that be in my house is my lady. And of course my lady, she would, uh, at the time, my ex, her health issues would probably be an issue. So that had me up and down. Um, I couldn't be selfish about my decision making with her at the time. But yeah, I'm playing. And you know how I feel about COVID. I feel like COVID is a mutated disease as well. I don't want people to be naive and ignorant and act like it's not a disease. It really is. But at the same time, how serious is it? You know? And we talked about this, Mark, yesterday with this COVID situation. A lot of guys have symptoms and the professional athletes I'm talking about, whether it's chills, whether it's aches, whether it's uh, congestion, whether they can't, they can't smell, it's hard for them to breathe. A lot of them have the symptoms, but they bounce back ASAP and that's them building or having a strong immune system. You get the elderly people between 55 and older, you know, pneumonia gonna take them out. You know what I'm saying? Along with this COVID. Uh, the flu going to put them down for a minute. So right now I would play, you know, I would play because I, I, I look at it. You got you got to catch it for your immune system to build it. Um, just like y'all want us to get these flu vaccines when it's flu season, a lesser strain of it, but y'all want us to catch it so our immune system can kind of get over. I feel the same way about the COVID. Like if you got 80 guys coming to a training camp, somebody going to catch it, period. That's just how it is. Let the other guys catch it, because I remember us having chicken pox. My older sister had chicken pox, man, and my mama made everybody stay in the same bed. We stayed in the same bed so all of us could catch it, and we all got rid of it in a week or two. That's just how it was. You know what I'm saying? She sat us in some oatmeal in the tub, made sure the itching wasn't too bad, and a couple of days later, we was good. So people always feel like, you know, Contracting the virus is bad, but at the same time, you have to build your immune system. By building your immune system, you got to stay active and you got to understand what you're putting in your body, which is food or drinks, is good or bad for you. So, yeah, I think I think I, I would have played for sure. Um, I just need to get people to understand, you know, this COVID, 
what it's doing is really affecting a lot of the elderly people. The younger, the younger generation, they catching it for sure, but their immune system are so strong, uh, it's kind of taking over, which is good because that becomes vaccines if you can see what type of blood level you want. I want to piggyback off that point, Ike. I got this data from the Pennsylvania Department of Health. And I've talked to both of you about this off the air is the risk factors are different for every single person in every single circumstances. But let me run you through a few stats from the Department of Health. So in the state of Pennsylvania, about 7,000 people have died with COVID-19. Again, that's in the state of Pennsylvania. 98.5% of those people are older than 50 years old. About 87% of that 7,000 the people who have died with COVID in the state of Pennsylvania are older than 65 years old. So you have to figure out, again, what it means for you, what risks you are willing to take, which ones you aren't willing to take. Ike, where we're at in the state of Florida, 93% of the people who die with COVID-19 are 55 or older. So someone who's younger, like the three of us are, if we were to get coronavirus, we would probably survive. We would probably be okay. It's okay. What kind of interaction would you have with people who are older or who could be more susceptible depending on their health issues? And I think that that's different for every single person in the entire world. So when you're deciding whether to play or not, that's what you have to consider. And so Donnie, I mean, I would imagine that at some point, point in time, exactly like Ike was saying, there's going to be a Steelers player that either tests positive or is exposed to someone that has it, uh, just the way that the NFL is doing its list with players that are on this COVID-19 list. Kind of what discussions have you had with your editors in terms of how you're going to cover this and in anticipation that a player at some point is going to test positive? Yeah, so the Steelers actually already had uh, one player test positive. I forgot his name, but he was off the practice squad. He tested positive about two days ago. Just in terms of coverage, you know, we're, we're not really sure how to approach it. I mean, you know, you have to respect the guys who do sit out. You know, granted, they're looking out for the family. And like you said, it, it's different on a case-by-case uh, basis. Marquise Goodwin, the Eagles receiver, you know, just yesterday decided that he was going to sit out and opt out in fear of bringing it home to his family his wife and uh, his newborn child. So I, I can completely understand that. And I applaud him for doing that. You know, that's a man who's looking out for his family and I respect that a whole bunch. What you have to realize though, is that whether or not you play, you know, the NFL is going to make money. There's going to be a season. Uh, the NFL loves making money. And, you know, especially with everything going on in 2020, you can bet your bottom dollar that football is going to be played at some capacity this season. You can look at what Patrick Mahomes said. Patrick Mahomes arrived for training camp in Kansas City and he said that he felt relieved, um, you know, at all the precautions the NFL and the NFLPA was taking in order for these guys to try to stay as safe as they can. So it, it, it's just a matter of realizing, uh, you know, weighing the costs and the, the benefits, you know, like you had mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, these, these training staff, these medical people are some of the best in the world, you know. Um, and like I alluded to earlier, there's going to be football played at some point. Uh, it's whether or not you believe you're going to get it. You know, somebody's going to get it at some point. There's grown men touching each other will play. There's about 80 guys in training camp coming together. Somebody's going to get it somehow, you know, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you and your family. And I respect guys who are going to play this year. I respect guys who aren't going to play this year. I'm not in their shoes, so I can't tell them what to do. But just in terms of covering them, I mean, we're not going to pay anybody in a bad light. 
and we're just going to tell it how it is. And Ike, what have some of those conversations been like with guys that you have throughout the league, just in terms of everything that's going on? Uh, individual preference. You know, some guys with the kids at home, they don't want to do it. Some guys whose kids might be older, wife or whoever at home in good condition, they're going to take a chance. They're going to go for it. You know, it's just looking at the stats and who all been catching it and who's gotten over it. It's been a younger generation. The people who's really been taking the full effect has been the elderly generation. So a lot of guys understand and know that it's the same thing. Wash your hands every time you do something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just trying to keep your social distance, which is going to be hard to play football. I mean, as soon as you play football, man, we breathing on you 24-7. That's just how it is. Just coming up old school with my mom, we really didn't have enough money to get the medicine that we needed, but it was old school remedies. You know what I'm saying? It was putting the Vicks. When you had a cold, we had to put the Vicks on the bottom of our feet, sleep with socks on. You got to sleep with ginger or garlic on your chest. Like, we got rid of a lot of stuff without going to a Walgreens or a CVS. You know what I'm saying? So when we had the chicken pox, you had to sit in the oatmeal. That's a lot of stuff. You know, the honey, the ginger tea, the apple cider vinegar, all this been in effect for years when I grew up in the generation. Now it's kind of coming back to it. People has been getting off the pills, the aspirins, and all that good stuff. So I'm just fortunate enough to have a mom who kind of had the old school and she was raised on the poor old school remedies that's natural and actually helped. You know, so I'm just strong. I'm just blessed and thankful for having a strong, you know, immune system. But if you just see the world, the world right now, ain't nobody really going out to stores. People are starting to eat a little bit more healthy, which is good. Getting better exercise, which is good. So, I mean, if you find an active 65-year-old, I'm sure their immune system is strong. If you catch anybody 55 to 85 who just sits at the house, it's going to be an issue. So once you catch something, man, it's going to be a problem, regardless whether it's COVID-19, the flu, or pneumonia. That's just how it is. So I just feel like the more active you can be, watch what you're eating and putting in your body, man, the better off your immune system can fight a lot of cases. And one argument I haven't heard nearly enough either is what's to say that because a player is getting professional health care by being at training camp, that he now knows he has coronavirus versus if you're just training on your own at facilities that don't have the same kind of regulations that you wouldn't even know that you had it in the first place. So that's something I don't hear nearly enough of. I do want to say this too. So now for the first time in decades, the Steelers will open training camp somewhere other than St. Vincent college. And so they're going to have training camp at Heinz field Ike, what do you remember about Latrobe when you would go for training camp back in the day? Man, that was a Pittsburgh Nation vacation. Like anybody in the world who's a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, that's where they came to vacate. I'm not talking about going to the Bahamas. I'm not talking about going to Hawaii. I'm not talking about going to Australia. I ain't talking about going to China. I ain't talking about going to Africa. I'm talking about these people planning vacation in the city of Latrobe. And don't forget, Latrobe is a small city. Shout out and RIP to Arnold Palmer, because he's he's well known. That's that's the first guy really coming out of Latrobe. But Latrobe, man, ain't nothing but like a 40, 45 minute ride from Pittsburgh, man. But they had to build so many hotels in that area because it was getting too packed. People was RVing and just staying 24 seven, you know? 
especially after winning them Super Bowls for a couple of years and just going deep into the playoffs. Man, I remember that thing being 50, 70,000 packed, you know? So I remember just sitting out one day and just signing autographs. I wanted to sign autographs till like eight o'clock at night. And you know, practice over with at five. So that's just how it was. And that Latrobe is historic. Latrobe is historic, man. I done seen Latrobe come from an okay campus to man, I don't mind living in Latrobe. Man, these campus dorms are fire. So I felt like we just bought a lot to the troll. The troll bought a lot to the players, but it's just the hands-on you get with the fans, you know, up close in person. So I don't think there's a closer training camp for the fans than the troll. You know, you can kind of touch and see, you know, at the troll. Of, of course, these fans was very respectful, very respectful. But it's a lot of hole in the wall bars and spot I used to get my food from. At one point in time, man, me and a few of the guys, you know, we just used to lock up the bar. You know what I'm saying? We used to lock up the, the restaurant. You know, the owner used to give us the keys to the restaurant. And be like, man, once y'all boys stop, stop eating or playing cards, y'all can just leave. Now, this might go to four or five o'clock in the morning, Mark. So um, I, I was grateful enough to have Coach Tommy. Coach Tommy really trusted me and my decision making. I know uh, Joey Porter thought he had the grace of course, Bill Cowell, because that was his guy. But Lord knows I had a grace of time. Tommy just always told me, man, don't make me look bad. So that stuck in my head. So he treated me like the little brother, because Coach T was the little brother. But just the memories of Pittsburgh, the history of the troll, like, man, that's a historic spot. Once you go back, man, you always get that, you always get that good green grass feel. You always remember the guys who take care of the field, the guys who's cutting the grass and making sure when it pours down, they land down the mats and making sure we can practice in the evening. It's a lot of work that go on in the trove, man. So it just brings back good memories for me. You know what I'm saying? That that, that Latrobe is something special. If it's one thing I did love about my career, it was staying in Latrobe. Latrobe was home for me. Donnie, do you remember going to visit training camp? I know you grew up in the Ew. Pittsburgh area. What do you remember about that? Yeah, no, I, I think everything Ike just said, I mean, at least from like a fan's perspective, I remember being young. And like Ike said, you know, we, we don't vacation to the Grand Canyon. We didn't vacation to go to Miami. We, we went to Latrobe. You know, that was a yearly summer trip. Go up to Latrobe and see our boys growing up. You know, I, I have vivid memories of watching Ike Taylor at training camp you know, whenever I was younger, and it, it just, the the intimacy, like I said, the, the players are walking down, you know, from the the facility, the dorms, walking to the practice field on maybe a walkway that's probably 10 feet wide, and you got thousands of people just, like, over your head trying to touch them, trying to get their autographs as they're walking away there, and just for a couple hours a day, I mean, like, thousands of people, you know, just watching every snap of practice, just taking in you know, the first bit of Steelers football they've gotten for like eight or nine months. It, it's almost like a religious experience. You know, some people go to Mecca, you know, you know, other people like to go to, you know, Jerusalem. Like, you know, going to Latrobe for a Steelers fan is akin to that kind of experience. Like you mentioned some of the venues too. Do you ever check out the bowling alley? I, I was watching some news coverage because the Steelers aren't going to be in Latrobe this year. And they say business is going to be down there just because of, what the Steelers bring to that area for training camp. You mentioned some of the card playing off the field. I'm trying to see 
you know, who's the best card player. If you, if you, I don't know if you guys did bowling, get just kind of what man, there was to man, do. Man, we used, man, Mark and D, man, we used to go to bed like five or six in the morning, man. We should, <laughs> when I first got there between 2003, 2006, man, we was WWE in the dorm room. Like we used to put four mattresses together and we used to have wrestling competitions, man. And they used to go to four, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. When the FIFA came out, it was me, Troy, and Brian McFadden. We wound up having FIFA tournaments, and that was going to four or five in the morning. Then when Call of Duty came out between, you know, Brett Kiesel and Aaron Smith, them boys used to have the big 55, 60-inch TVs back-to-back. Them boys just stay up all night just playing Call of Duty. So Latrobe had you doing whatever you wanted to do as far as, like, being a kid. Grown men being kids in the troll, that was a good thing about it. Now, when Coach T came, you know, Coach T let a lot of things slide, meaning he gave me the opportunity to let my son come down and work and stay in the dorm with me. You know, so my son was one of the ball boys. My son came to everything in the troll, and it wasn't for everybody. It was pretty much for the veterans, for the guys, kids who was old enough. So my son did know when he came down, it was time for him to work, but he, can't, he couldn't have got that experience from any other spot. You know what I'm saying? So for me, actually spending weeks with my son in training camp was a blessing for me. You know what I'm saying? So my son just got to meet all kinds. Brad Wing was his, one of his favorite players. Like Brad Wing took our punter. Brad Wing had took uh, my son under his wing and he became one of his favorite players. So it's a lot of good memories in the troll, man. Coach T really brought that family atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? I don't, dude got a good heart. And I'm talking about Coach Tomlin. We got a real good heart, man. Just brought a lot of family-orientated stuff to it and memories I'm going to have forever. It's a great segue, Ike. As Mike Tomlin enters his 14th season, hasn't had a losing season yet, I like the Steelers to finish 11-5. and five. Ike, you have them at 13-3. and three. Donnie, what we want to know is what are your predictions from a record standpoint for the Steelers this season? I think 11-5 should be the expectation going into 2020, so long as everybody does their jobs. Uh, you know, the Steelers look great on paper, but like we've seen previously, football games aren't won on paper. Uh, so, you know, and I hate to keep going back to big man Roethlisberger, but, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I mean, everything should go right in the city of Pittsburgh, so long as that defense should at least do half of what they did last year. Um, so I, I think 11-5 is a good record. I'm not sure they get, get past Kansas City. I, I think KC's built, you know, I, I think they're coming up on a dynasty. They have all the places and, you know, all the pieces in set to make that kind of run um, that we watch the Steelers run, you know, in the late 2000s that we've seen the Patriots run, um, you know, early 2000s, you know, late 2010s. So they, they got all the pieces. But just in terms of talking about the Steelers, I mean, I, I like them a lot. I, I think – um, you know, obviously Baltimore is going to be the toughest team in that division. You know, uh, some team hasn't three-peated in the AFC for however long. I think it's about time Pittsburgh takes back the reins of the AFC North. So, you know, we'll see. Ike, Donnie stole my line. I always point this out to people because the Ravens are the favorite. Mm-hmm. AFC North has not had a team win the division three consecutive years since the league reconfigured its divisions in 2002. So you stole my line, but I always point that out to people. I always point that out to people. Fellas, any last thoughts before we sign off here? 
Nah, Donnie, pleasure talking to you, bro. Thanks for being a fan, a long-time fan. Not only for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just a fan of mine. Mark, you always know what time it is, man. Thanks for being one of my hosts for this Believe in Steelers podcast, man. I appreciate everything. And we will continue to grow. So, man, I appreciate everything. I appreciate your time, really. You know, we can say what we want to say. Y'all can say who I am or whatever, but I, I appreciate y'all taking y'all time out y'all busy schedule. I, I thank both of you guys for your time tremendously. Uh, you know, I, little me right now, the kid inside me right now, jumping for joy that I got the opportunity to talk to you. So I appreciate your time. Mark, appreciate your time. It's been an immense pleasure talking to both of you. Um, thank you very much. You guys both do tremendous work, and I'm excited to see where y'all go from here. Absolutely. And we'll leave your social media information in the show notes, Donnie, so you can check out his work at Sports Illustrated. For Donnie Druin and Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Got a lot of exciting guests as football season now appears to be here with the start of training camp. Take care. So long, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.